welcome to the first official episode of the Hooper's Almanac. My name is Aaron Carter. Alongside me is Mitchell Sell. Mitch, how are we doing today? You know, I have been looking forward to doing this for way too long. Aaron, how long have we been talking about doing this podcast? It, I feel like at least a couple months for sure, um, but I feel like we we honestly have been thinking about this for years, ever since we met in 2016. I mean, we worked together at the student TV station, and that was essentially a podcast that showed yeah. our ugly faces. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, this has been in the making um, since we right. met. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I was thinking about it, you know, the Western Conference Finals is when we started talking about it. I remember you texting me about it, but I totally agree. This has been like definitely in the making since MUTV, um, you know, whether you were doing tailgaters and I was doing triple play. So totally two different things, but it, it's definitely been something we've been preparing for, I guess. Thank you, MUTV. And thank you for everything that you did for us. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That's the Mizzou method. And, yes. uh, and for context, everyone who's listening in, um, thank you, first of all, for listening in and welcome to the Hooper's Almanac. If these first couple minutes haven't gave you any insight, this is an NBA podcast. Um, we will be talking about all things NBA. Hopefully the Almanac name gives you a little hint that we're going to be coming with the facts. We're going to be coming with the history and giving you all you need to know about this great sport and this mm-hmm. great league. Um, my name is Aaron Carter. Again, Mitchell and I have been friends since 2016, where we met at the University of Missouri, MIZ. Um, there we go. We both study journalism and, you know, met um, through MUTV as well as our dorm. And uh, I've always loved sports. I've always talked sports. We're roommates for three years mm-hmm. um, and, you know, have really been looking forward to this moment for a while. And we're really excited to see where this thing goes. Um, I'm just for context in terms of the NBA. I'm a diehard Denver Nuggets fan. Um, it helps that one of Mizzou's finest athletes to ever come into the university, uh, Michael Porter Jr., is a Denver Nugget. Um, but I've been a Nuggets fan far long before that. And Mitch, do you want to give a little context on who your fandom lies with? Yeah, I mean, we kind of hint on it in the intro, but uh, intro podcast, but I'm a diehard Boston Celtics fan. Uh, I grew up a big KG uh, Kevin Garnett guy. Uh, when he got traded to the Celtics, it was all over from there. And I've uh, been through them for the hard times and the good times. It helped that my first year as a Celtics fan was a championship year. And ever since then, it's been a major letdown. And so uh, it's helped that, like Aaron, uh, he had a Mizzou guy go to Denver. I had a St. Louis guy, uh, being from St. Louis guy, go to Boston. So uh, Jason Tatum, I love you. And uh, whenever you want to hang out, I'm here for you. Um, and yeah, I'm a massive Celtics fan. There we go. Um, hopefully our teams have better years than last year. I know both of our teams made the playoffs, but hoping for a bit more uh, in 2021 and 2022. So without further ado, again, welcome to the Hooper's Almanac. Um, today, we're going to be really diving into the Eastern Conference. So this is Mitchell's um, you know, area of expertise and yeah. interest here. He's going to be watching this league far more closely than I will be uh, <laughs> this year, although the Eastern Conference definitely has a lot of stories to tell. And when we're talking about you know, how we see this conference shaking out this year, we're going to divide each team into three different classes. And we've developed this class system based on historical NBA players. So essentially, you know, this top tier is what we like to call the Russell class. Now, if you, if, if you are a diehard NBA fan or a Celtics fan, you probably have an idea of who this is named after. This is Bill Russell, yep. um, arguably the greatest player of all time, definitely the most winning player of all time. 
And, you know, Russell played 13 seasons in the NBA in the 50s and 60s, and he made the playoffs each and every year and won championships in all but two, which is just a ridiculous stat and will probably never be repeated. Go ahead, Mitch. I know you're wanting to jump in here. <laughs> well, because he went to championships in 12 of the 13 years, and the only year he didn't make it was because this seven-footer named Wilt Chamberlain beat him to the championship when he was on the Philadelphia Warriors. Yes, when he was on the Philadelphia Warriors. So well, there you go. Um, but I mean, obviously that was a different era, right? Uh, fewer teams were in the league. And, but I, I think this, you know, the Russell class is really illustrative of what we expect these teams that fall within this class to be a perennial contender. They're a lock for the playoffs every year and they're, you know, sky's the limit for these teams. So Mitch, without further ado, what teams fall within the Russell class for you in the Eastern conference? So, you know, there was only you know, when I was thinking about it, there are four teams I feel like fit this description. Um, I, you kind of hit on the, what the Russell class even is. These are definitely like contenders and guys, you know, who are always going to be fighting for it. Um, and they might even be like a slight piece away, like one bench player or whatever. Uh, the four teams I have fit in the, this description are the Milwaukee Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets, for sure. I mean, given. And then the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. Those are the only four teams I have in this. And I know we have a lot to discuss about the Atlanta Hawks, and that's fine. But we we have to hit on the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks are the first team we go with. I mean, they're the returning champs. They are um, they have one of the top three players in the NBA. You can disagree with me all you want. Logan Ball is going to love that I called him a top three player in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um and I think it's just so important what they've done this offseason. They kept their core and they've added some great guys. And so we can talk a little bit more about that. But what do you think about the Milwaukee Bucks uh, idea, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I think until until they lose this year, which I think they will, um, right. <laughs> they, they are the team to beat. Um, I, I think the Brooklyn Nets, in terms of talent, if they stay healthy, they stay together. Um, they should be the upper echelon. They should be the team to beat in the entire NBA let alone the Eastern Conference. But I think what the Bucks put together last year was pretty special. Um, I think Giannis got over that hump um, mm -hmm. that he'd been really, you know, searching for the past couple of years in the playoffs. And even though Coach Bud gets so much flack, um, and I'm definitely <laughs> one of those people uh, who gives him flack sometimes. I mean, he clearly locked something um, out of this team that previous coaches like Jason Kidd haven't been able to do. And the fact that guys like Bobby Portis and, and others, you know, agreed to come back to this team shows that they actually care and they have a culture and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are great complimentary pieces. So I think this team definitely deserves to be in the Russell class and, and wouldn't argue otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, they kept most of its core. The only two guys they lost are PJ Tucker, which that is a significant loss. I mean, the fact that he was guarding KD the entire net series, um, which is tough. And then the other guy they lost is Bryn Forbes. Um, talk what you want about Bryn Forbes. I mean, he had great shoot. I mean, he had great shooting uh, performances like early on in the playoffs. He kind of disappeared in the finals, but you know, it's what it is. Um, I like the pickups they got. Not a lot of guys are going to like Rodney Hood. I think he's a solid wing. I think he is. And, you know, he's a good backup for Chris Middleton. Um, I like Grayson Allen as a backup to guard too. And it's just what it is. I don't like semi Ojale, but <laughs> I, that is I wonder, I wonder why Mitch, I wonder why is it, is that deep seated or did that just like come up in the off season? In I every way possible. I just, just, just don't like the man. Um, <laughs> but I, whatever you say, I mean, he's a great, 
third string four. And, and so I don't think he'll get much playing time, but whenever guys get in foul trouble, guys get hurt, welcome to the NBA, he will be fine to put into the team and just like to plug and, plug and play. Um, I like their starting lineup still too with Drew, Dante, DiVincenzo, whenever he's healthy. I like Chris Middleton. I like Giannis and they keep Brooke Lopez. Um, and it's just, it's such a solid, it's just a solid team and it's just hard to beat. Um, but yeah, then there's the Nets. The Brooklyn Nets is just the second team. It's the only, it's the other team that's in the true upper echelon. That's almost undisputed, should be in the Russell class. Uh, I believe it is the best big three in the NBA. That's really hard to like beat. And then um, I, tr- and then it's bench is cracked. <laughs> I mean, Oh my gosh. I mean, talk about veterans in Paul Millsap and Patty Mills. They are 50 years old, um, but they're great. And I like them a lot. And James Johnson is literally out there just to, you know, get in fights whenever KD needs someone to. I and love then, it. And, and, and Blake, I mean, Blake was getting feisty too in the playoffs. I, I, I love the energy and KD is always trying to start something too, for some reason. Right. But he's trying to play it off. Like he's cooler than everybody, which he is. <laughs> he is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think the Nets are, I mean, I think that the team to beat, if they stay healthy, I think the bench is a huge part of it because last year they were so top heavy mm-hmm. um, and I th- they still are. I mean, there's no other way to construct the roster with right. those three guys. Um, but I think even through the draft, they did a lot of good stuff in terms of scorers and and, yeah. and they got the big guy out of North Carolina, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be good. And I, I, like, I like Steve Nash as a head coach, too. I think yeah. he's good. I do, too. And then they got uh, Nicholas Claxton still to come off the bench. I know he's been very high, highly talked about. And they also got LaMarcus Aldridge, which is, you know, peop- I mean, the fact that he's coming out of retirement to just come back and play for this team. I mean, it shows that he really liked playing for them whenever he was healthy enough to play. Um, I'm also excited just to see if he can keep playing because I like Aldridge. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think they're, like you said, um, I think the main key to this team, because I don't think they'll be the one seed because they're going to have a bunch of games where guys are going to sit out and I think guys are going to hurt, hurt. I'm using air quotes. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh health and covid is just going to be such an issue with this team and i feel like they're just not going to be like a one seed they'll fight for like that two or three seed um but yeah i think the importance for this team is if it stays sane and it stays healthy that's the other thing and also with just the whole drama that has been the past few weeks i mean for context Mm -hmm. we're recording this on october 2nd um the the last week of NBA media has all been about vaccination status. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's a big question this year for the league. And one of the biggest standouts in the top players is Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the league has said you're not allowed to play if you're unvaccinated in the states where um, you're required to have a vaccination. And New York is one of those states or New York City is one of those cities. Right. So that's, I mean, if he can't play half the games, Right, that clearly <laughs> reduces their potential in the regular season and the playoffs. If if that rule holds up, I have no idea. I right. can't imagine that they would hold them out of the playoffs. They'd figure something out. But right, I think. Well, so the other thing is, he just denied whether or not he was on it. He never he does not denied whether to say like just to put aside to it. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's just it's going to be crazy to see how it all goes down. Plus, I mean, since media day on Tuesday there's been 5% increase. There was 90% before Tuesday. And now it's at 95% vaccination rate in the entire yeah. NBA players, which is crazy number of uh, increase. Um, yeah. But anyways, the third team on this list is the Miami heat. Um, I love their additions. Um, I love it. I love Kyle Lowry over Gordon Drogic in every way possible. I love PJ Tucker edition. 
and I like Dwayne Dedman. I like him. I don't love him. <laughs> I just like him. He is my, um, Aaron will only get this reference to maybe Colin. He is my Tiago splitter of this team. He is a great, I think, you know, Precious Achua was a good backup for them last year. But, you know, if you're trying to win a title, you need guys who have been there. You need guys who have been to like the playoffs and have experience. And Dwayne Dedman has experience in the playoffs. Um, so I like their additions. I like them a lot. Yeah. Only, and so, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I I disagree on this one. Okay. Um, not that I dislike the Miami Heat. I I just think they're better served for the next class that we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just I I think the couple years ago when they made the made the finals, mm-hmm. um, in the bubble, I think that was just a weird year. And oh, the yeah. thing that really carried over in that tough environment was their culture, and they have such a clear like close knit group identity. And that's, you know, very true with the additions they made this offseason of the Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker. Those guys just fit the, the mold of Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and all of those guys and what they want to do. Um, so I, I, I think this is a very good team. I think they're going to be a top four team in the East, no doubt. But do I think that they have the talent to beat the Bucks or the Nets or the other team that you mentioned um, in this class? I honestly don't think so. Um, I just think on the offensive end of the ball, they still have limitations. I think Goran Dragic's a really good offensive player. Um, he was great in the bubble run. He was pretty good last year against the Bucks when they seemingly couldn't get anything going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Kyle Lowry a lot. He's a great player, great leader, but he's getting older. And I think his offensive upside is lower than Dragic's is even at this point. Um, and Butler, you know, isn't a proven shooter. Um, he's a great player, but um, I, I, I don't trust him getting 30 a night in the playoffs. So um, I, I still put them a step below, but totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And the, well, so here's the other piece we're just not even talking about is Victor Oladipo is still on this basketball team, but the issue being when the heck does he come back? Is this Great the point. issue? Because I've heard anything, man, he could be back as early as February. I mean, as early as December or as late as February. Um, and so he's not like an incredible offensive talent by any means. I mean, he had the great year in Indiana, the one good year. And then he was right. like, eh. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's also <laughs> when he comes back, like you said, but two, who is he like right. at this point? I mean, right. I think last year's he, he showed promise actually in Houston. I mean, he was getting 20 a night for a couple weeks stretch there, mm-hmm. albeit it was in Houston. Like they didn't right when they had no one, <laughs> right, many options, but I mean, he was scoring. So I mean, if he's asked to get 15 off the bench, like, I think that's pretty doable for this team. And um, I, you know, I still have questions about his, obviously, um, you know, durability in the NBA, but I think he's, you know, he can't hurt your team. And I think even without him, they're, they're right where they are now. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I, I take it to last year being kind of a sophomore slump, but I think Tyler Hero has a bounce back year. I mean, I agree. I, I think he's such a very good player and he ruined the Celtics his, his, his rookie year um, in the playoffs. And so I think I take last year as a down year, kind of getting adjusted. I think everyone was kind of still a little slow to get back to the season without knowing like when exactly the season was going to start. Um, so I think he comes back with a little more like chip on a shoulder, even though he's got one of the biggest chips on his shoulder in the entire NBA. I, I think he comes up with a, a nice little uh, boulder sized chip on his shoulder. And then he, he, he care. Cause I don't think he'll start. I think he'll be their sixth man. Uh, I think Duncan Robinson's still planning on starting according to ESPN. That's what it is. Um, but yeah. Anyways, the final team in the Russell uh, division is the Atlanta Hawks. And um, 
Aaron knows my disdain for the Atlanta Hawks. He knows my disdain for one man on the Atlanta Hawks, and that man is Trey Young. Um, I don't like Trey Young. I don't like his playing style, but I have to admit, he's a top 25 player in the NBA. And it hurts me to say that with every inch of my body. 25 uh, is a pretty low bar. I feel like I would argue top 15. It's definitely top 15, but I'm saying top 25. <laughs> just just let me have this one, please. <laughs> I, I think he's top 25. I think he's top 15. I'm just sticking to top 25 because that just has much as I can give him right now. Um, I also, as long, the, the key to this entire thing, as long as Solomon Hill does not start a (laughs) basketball game for this team, they'll be fine. That's, I mean, the man was starting playoff games that cannot be happening. If you're the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, you have to start at least either Herder or Bogdanovich in that spot. I know Bogdanovich will probably start alongside Trey Young as like the two, um, but Herder has to start at the three if that's going to happen, or even Cam Reddish, or if DeAndre Hunter is back. Give me DeAndre Hunter every day of the week uh, before you give me Solomon Hill, um, because I just don't know. That's just not going to be the key to them being a, a Russell division or a contender. So Yeah. yeah. I actually had them in this division as well, um, okay. I, I, or class rather. I think the Hawks, I mean, they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I argue they were in a position to beat the Bucs if Trey Young didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were the better team early in that series before he got hurt. Um, I agree with you on some of the Trey Young antics and the foul draws and all that stuff. But they, at the end of the day, he proved a lot, I think, mm-hmm. in the playoffs in Madison Square Garden beating the Sixers on the road in a closeout game. And he had the Bucks in a stranglehold until he got hurt. And right. he just didn't have the guys around him with Bogdanovich being hurt um, as well. Um, I think Hunter was out of that series, right? Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he only played one game the entire playoffs. Right, right. So, I mean, they were just missing pieces and they were hanging with the best in the East. Now, could they compete with the Nets? I don't think so, but they do have the scoring output to do so against any team in the league, in my opinion. Now, the bench is sort of a question mark, um, as you said, with Solomon Hill. Hopefully he's coming off the bench. They did rid themselves of Tony Snell, which is a great thing. Um, Logan Ball will hate that we're even talking any sort of slander against Tony Snell. <laughs> oh, 100%. But I, I, I think in general, you know, I think their bigs are good. Capella's solid. Collins is good. Hunter's good. Um, and I think they have great scoring wings. It's just a matter of, can they guard anybody? Um, you know, it seemed like it was just a race to 120 points last year sometimes. And yeah. they ran into the Sixers who struggled to score at times last year in the playoffs, which helped them. The Knicks had huge offensive troubles. And then they ran into the Bucks, who were obviously a better scoring team and ended up losing the series. But I think that's going to be where they win or lose this season is going to be on the defensive end of the ball. Well, yeah, and especially when you're throwing Danilo Gallinari at Giannis Antetokounmpo, that's not working in any in any universe. Um, I also like Gorgie Dang, who's the backup center for uh, for the Hawks right now, uh, until Okongwu comes back, which seems like it's going to be a marathon and a half until that man steps back on the floor. Um, but I like him. I also like the Delon Wright pickup as like a bench a bench guy. I know he's not; he's definitely like C plus ceiling, uh, B minus maybe. Um, but I think he's solid, especially uh, it's just another guy to throw out there on defense uh, rather than having Lou Williams guard everyone off the bench. So I feel like it's if you have two small guards out there to guard anyone, it's just not going well when you have Lou Williams and Trey Young on the court at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I 100 percent agree. So what other team am I missing from this division, Aaron? 
I don't think anyone. I I just oh. had the three of the oh, Nets, okay. Bucks, and Hawks. I think the team itching for the Russell class, in my opinion, was the Miami Heat. Gotcha. I I don't really see an argument to be honest for any other team um, in this league. You know, maybe the Sixers, just because they were the one seed last year. You're going to get a few of those, but. I think this is going to be a bad year for them for obvious reasons. I mean, right. just for a culture, you know, from a culture standpoint, the whole Ben, ben Simmons debacle, Embiid's in fantastic, but around them, they're really still struggling to find their way. Harris is inconsistent. Um, I, I, I found it kind of hilarious how Seth Curry was like their most reliable scorer outside of Embiid last year in the My playoffs. Guy. And I think, you know, that's great. Good for him. I love Seth, you know, younger brother mentality, but at the same time, that's a problem. You know, you you sort of need a, a point guard, a facilitator who works well with uh, Embiid, and clearly Simmons is not going to go back there um, in one piece. So they're they're definitely going to have to figure some things out, and I don't think they sniff the Russell class this year. Wait till we get to them in whatever second tier you have waiting for me, because I have my own little spiel. I'm going to go on there for them, but it's also following some other things that go on. But I, I'm ready for your definition of what the second tier is, my friend. Yes, let's move on. Thank you to the Russell class. And we look forward to watching your dominance this year um, for those three or four teams. Um, So we're moving on to the second class here. Here are going to be teams that we think are really exciting. They're going to be talented, but we don't necessarily think they pose a serious threat to win a title. These teams are thought of as playoff teams, but may not necessarily be guarantees to the playoff. They may be, you know, right around the eight, nine play in game uh, scenario. Um, and these are going to be the teams that fall within the McGrady class. Now, oh. Mitch, I think you know who this is. Tracy, Tracy McGrady. I like now, it. Tr- Tracy McGrady uh, played from 1997 to 2013, 16 years. And he made the playoffs only nine times in 16 years. Now, Mitch, a little quick point of trivia here for you uh, here mm-hmm. at the Hooper's Almanac. We do our best to uh you know support the history of this league of course how many times do you think tracy mcgrady made it past the first round in his nine years in his nine playoff appearances in the nba so if i remember correctly the man made he was with the spurs one year when they made like a deep run and i want to say that was maybe the one time he may ever made it like past the first round because he actually no he might have made it one time with yao on the rockets he never did it with the Magic, never did it with the Raptors. I'm going to stick with my answer of two, and that's what I'm going to go with. Your first inclination was right. It was ah. only once. And I'd argue he made it zero times because that Spurs season in 2012-2013, he played six games. He averaged two minutes a game in those six games. It was the last year of his career. He actually wasn't even in the NBA for that regular season. He was playing oh. in China. Oh, uh, right. For, for at least half the year, I think a majority of the year, when I looked them, his stats up, it did, didn't show anything except for yeah. the playoffs. So I think Greg Popovich straight up signed him like right before the playoffs. I, yeah. I need to do some more digging on that. But in his nine years that he went to the playoffs, he lost in the first round eight times, was swept once. Now, he had a few heartbreaking seven-game series losses um, and three straight playoff trips. But as a, I mean, this is just a great player one of the most talented scorers in our generation, I'd say. I mean, I grew up watching his highlights, knew who he was, right. loved watching him, obviously had that iconic comeback within like 15 seconds, scored mm-hmm. 11 points or whatever it was. Um, but he never sniffed a title, at, at least meaningfully when he was playing actual minutes. Um, right. And obviously that Spurs year was the Ray Allen shot in game six. So they, 
they all they didn't win that year either. So Tracy McGrady never won an NBA Finals, never <laughs> sniffed it as an actual contributor. And I honestly think that these teams are the ones who fall within the McGrady class. Now they're talented, they're good teams, but we don't think they're going to sniff the title this year. Mitch, who falls within the McGrady class this year in the East? So the first team I have is my own team, the Boston Celtics. Um, I love this team with all my heart and soul, and I know that. But Aaron also knows how much of a pessimist I am about this team. This is probably the most optimistic I have been about this team since Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward joined the team. Now let's talk about how well that went the first year. Gordon (laughs) Hayward snaps his ankle in the first three minutes of the season. So um, I say that with a grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the – Second best young duo in the NBA. They're only behind Aaron Carter's Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. That is the only two guys that I believe are ahead of them. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the best wing com young wing combo in the NBA, clearly. But I I I like them a lot. I mean, both were all-stars last year. I think they keep building off that. They confused the bejesus out of me when they signed Al Horford, when they traded for Al Horford and they brought back Ennis Cantor. <laughs> Did we not learn the deficiencies of Ennis Cantor on the defense whenever he was on this team, how badly he is at pick and roll defense? Did we not learn that Al Horford is also 45 years old and has uh, the no athletic ability at this point? Then again, I've heard that he's done, he's done great workouts. Great. I've seen Ben Simmons hit three pointers in workouts. Cool. Um, but I also think Schroeder and Richardson were a major gift to this team. As much as people give, uh, I want to say Jason Richardson every time. It's Josh Richardson. Uh, as much as Josh Richardson got crap for his year last year with the Mavericks, I think it was just a bad situation. I mean, he was the main ball hander off of that bench squad. And so I think it's a much better situation. I think it's going to be definitely more of a Miami kind of thing. He's not going to be the main guy off the bench that controls the ball, especially if what I'm hearing is true, that Schroeder's coming off the bench with him, which I like sometimes, um, but it, but I like them as like a gift to this team. Uh, so the other teams I also have uh, in this are the Philadelphia 76ers, like we talked about. Uh, I have the Chicago Bulls. I have the Indiana Pacers, the Charlotte Hornets, and the Washington Wizards. So I have seven teams in this thing, this division, the McGrady division. Um, and so I kind of already talked about the Celtics, Aaron. So what, what, what are your initial thoughts about the Celtics? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think in terms of their top talent, they should be able to compete with the top teams. It's just a matter of what do they get out of Schroeder? Mm-hmm. What do they get out of their other guys this year? Is Horford actually alive? Um, you know, all of these are very important questions. How well does the new coach do? Um, you know, that's a big question as well. That's, you know, Brad Stevens is in the organization still, which is great to have that continuity. Um, but I do think, you know, there's going to be some learning curves in terms of, uh, how vocal he is. Um, you know, Jason Tatum is only known Brad Stevens, right. In the NBA, same with Jalen Brown, I believe. Um, so that's new Marcus smart. Is he, um, going to actually perform well this year? Um, I know there were lots of trade talks for him. So, you know, I think they should be a top five seed in the East. That's my expectation. Um, they ended up six or seven last seven, year, yeah, seven seed. And I mean, a lot of that was due to injuries. Um, Jalen Brown obviously was uh, all, all sorts of injured last year, unfortunately. Right. And Jason Tatum really stepped up. I think he showed a lot, but you know, is he going to be able to score 45 or 50 in a meaningful game? Not in the first round. That's a big question for me still. Um, and you know, just pure ball movement. They do a lot of ISO ball. Um, so I think that 
that's a big question for me. But in terms of the the rest of the class that you listed, Mitch, in the McGrady class, um, I obviously had the Heat in here, so that's mm -hmm. an extra team I had on my end. But I also thought you left out the New York Knicks. You did not oh. say the New York Knicks, correct? If I didn't, I meant to add them to my list, but they are on this list. I apologize. And don't you worry, Nick fans, they are here and they are. I also kind of did it. So what I did was I kind of ranked them in the order of where I think they'll like end right. up in the standings too. So I, um, I have them, I have, so I have the Celtics as a five seed uh, or sorry, the four, five seed in the East. Um, so, but so like, I, I definitely agree with you. They end up as like kind of a five seed to these guys. And I think, um, you know, I think that's their definite ceiling, five or four seed, but there's their floor. I still think they make the playoffs. It's just like whether well, it's a play-in tournament at like the eighth or ninth seed is, it's just where I think their 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 floor is. Yeah, I agree. Um, just to touch on one or two of these other teams, Mitch. Any other teams that stand out to you? I mean, we can talk about the Sixers here. I feel like they're just a, a huge topic of conversation, and typically coming off of a year in which you're the number one seed and you're not expected to compete for a title um, is pretty surprising. I feel like it's unheard of. I don't remember many other teams that that's happened with in the past few years, but what do you think about the Sixers this year? I mean, we obviously know the whole Ben Simmons thing, but outside of that, um, what are your expectations for them this year? You know, my, my biggest thing for them is how good is Matisse Thibault going to be for them this year? Uh, I'd say the one thing the Sixers have struggled with since like Brett Brown was their head coach was kind of player development. The only guy you've seen grow is their superstar Joel Embiid. Everyone else on that team has not like had a major growing moment as seen with Ben Simmons, as seen kind of with this Matisse, with Matisse Thibel, um, and with how Markel Fultz did clearly there. Uh, I think, you know, if Matisse Thibel can grow into the player, I think he can be, which is a solid younger of what Danny Green used to be, like a younger version of what Danny Green used to be when he was on the Spurs, like like defense the crap out of you and will hit a three in your face like no tomorrow. I feel like that's just like his – I feel like that's the guy you got to be focused on. Um, but like you said, man, I mean, it's hard to really guess what this team is going to be until they trade Ben Simmons, which is just a total debacle in itself because it's like Ben Simmons wants to go to these certain teams. Well, those certain teams can't offer what the Sixers are wanting to have for Ben Simmons. And it's just like, oh, cool. So then let's resort to the other three teams that actually want Ben Simmons, but we don't, it's just a whole thing. And it goes back and forth. Right. And I, I think this team truly goes, I mean, it, it truly just depends. I mean, it could jump to a Russell class team if they were to get a guy like CJ McCollum out of uh, Portland or if they got Damian Lillard or if they did some weird move with Minnesota maybe but like Minnesota doesn't want to give up anyone good which is clearly what the Sixers would need so I don't understand that whole thing but yeah I I like the six I think I mean I don't like the Sixers I don't like Joel Embiid but I still I I respect the man and I think the man, Joel Embiid himself, carries this team to a playoff position no matter what. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, in this in this McGrady class, all these teams are expected to make the playoffs. Right. I mean, if you if you don't make the playoffs, that's a disappointment disappointment in our eyes, I think. And I think the Sixers coming off of a number one seed the previous year, you know, obviously this is a crisis internally with Ben Simmons, but it's, you know, teams have gone through this before. So it's, it's, it's not like, you know, this is a new situation 
in general in the NBA. Like this has happened year after year after year. Um, so I think they're just going to have to navigate it. Doc Rivers is a veteran head coach. He's dealt with big, big personalities. He should be able to figure this out. Joel Embiid was second in MVP voting last year. He was the front runner before he got hurt. Um, so I think, you know, if he plays at that caliber, which I think he's capable of, stays healthy, this team is 100% a playoff team. Um, could win a first round game, but unless we know what we're getting back for Ben Simmons and they have a reliable second scorer, um, I don't trust this team right now to beat any of the teams we've already mentioned in the Russell class. And it's definitely the bias to me, but I don't think they can even beat the Celtics. I mean, and even the Miami Heat, who you have down in this McGrady class, but I think is in the Russell class, but I think they can't even beat the Miami Heat with the team they have right now. Yeah, it's just, it's tough. But one team I think can also beat them, the Chicago Bulls. Interesting. I my my hometown Chicago Bulls. Well, your current hometown, Aaron. We all know the <laughs> Iowa Hawk. The Iowa has no no basketball team, but we'll we'll let you have the Bulls for right now. Right. Um, I love their moves. I wish the Celtics would have got Lonzo Ball, but I'll, I'll deal with the the mid level we're paying for Dennis Schroeder. Um, I like Lonzo Ball. I like them getting Demar Derozan. I love their offense as a starting crew. They are only issues are their defense and their bench. When out, when I know, I know, ladies and gentlemen, Alex Caruso is the next Michael Jordan. We all know it's happening. It's gonna, no, but the idea that Kobe White and Alex Caruso are your only two scorers really off the bench now is kind of just rough. And it's just, it's just touch, tough to look at. I don't like Tony Bradley. That's all I really have to say about that. But I mean, I just think yeah. they have so many offensive playmakers that their offense, whenever they have their starting core group is just going to be solid. And I like that for them. And I yeah. like them a lot. Well, I do too. Um, and that's, that's not just my only hometown bias here. I think <laughs> there's a lot of energy. Caruso's asking where he can walk his dog. What's a good lunch spot. Right. Like I'm seeing it on Twitter. Um, it's, it's just hilarious. I, I, there's so much love for Caruso. Um, and I, I honestly think, you know, part of it's just cause he's a white guy that's really right. athletic. Um, and that's <laughs> rare in this sport. Yes. Um, so good for him, but you know, he's a great, he's, he's actually, I would say a great defender. He's definitely an yeah. above average defender. He was the best <laughs> defender on the Lakers last year and they're going to need him to come off the bench and guard. But my biggest thing is they need Zach Levine to take the next step. Oh yeah. And not in terms of scoring, he's already a top scorer in the league but we need him on the defensive end. I mean, when they went over um, to the Olympics this year, I mean, he was locking down everybody. He was their best defender outside of Draymond Green. Um, I mean, he was playing so great and they needed that because Damian Lillard, KD, none of those guys are guarding anybody. Um, and I think that's what he has to realize on this team too. Like DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, they aren't the best defensive players. I like Patrick Williams a lot. Oh yeah, um, I think he gives them a lot on both sides of the ball. Lot, lots of gritty play, defense, um, rebounding. Doesn't shoot a lot, which I like also. Um, but I think he's going to grow into more of a scorer this year. But this team is is kind of like how I said the Hawks are. It's going to be a race to 120 points, and until they prove it to me on the defensive side of the ball, they're just going to be out in transition. Billy Donovan's going to have to do some magic in terms of lineups, situational substitutions on the defensive end and late games. Because we saw what Lonzo sort of had some lapses last year um, in late games. I think they got beat by the Knicks on a game-winning three when they were up by 10 with a minute left. Right. And, you know, how much is that Stan Van Gundy versus Lonzo and the rest of that team and the Pelicans? But I'd say Stan Van Gundy most of it. I, I, I would agree. But 
you know, Lonzo was the guy out there. So I yeah. think, you know, there's, there's some uh, credibility to him as well there. Um, some responsibility to him. So I think they're going to have to play defense. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be a cakewalk in, in this conference. I think they should make the playoffs, um, but they, they sort of fell off last year after some expected them to make a run. Um, so I think Zach Levine's got to take the next step. Billy Donovan's got to prove he's a good NBA head coach. Um, I think he's been very average so far. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but hoping the best for the Bulls. Yeah, and I, I'm a little more high on Lonzo's defense than you are. I think he's very talented. I think he's good on defense. Um, Patrick Williams and him are going to just be the only two guys really on defense, unless, like you said, Zach Levine decides to, you know, start stepping up. Plus the other thing he doesn't have, I think the other thing that the Olympics taught him was once you have other guys around you that can help you on offense, you, you can start giving effort on the defense. And I feel like guys like DeRose and Vooch and Lonzo kind of give him another offensive outlet um, to work with. I also, I think that he can start to take some plays off on offense. That way he can get back on defense and make some, give the more effort back there. Cause I mean, that's what Jason Tatum did last year. He stepped up on defense and it's because he realized he had other guys he could go to. So I feel like you're, I feel like you're exactly correct. If, if Zach Levine can start playing some considerate defense, then he's just going to be, he's going to make that next step. And I agree that they, they make a good run to the playoffs, but not really much in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. All right. So we talked about the Sixers. We talked about the Celtics shortly, the Knicks and the Bulls. Um, do you want to talk any about the other teams? I think you mentioned the Hornets, the Pacers, anybody else? And the Wizards. Uh, you know, I liked it. So the Pacers team is literally just a, hey, how many guys can I get hurt and still make the playoffs? Um, because right now, I mean, they're out with, I mean, Karis LeVert's going to be out for a while. And TJ Warren sounds like he's never coming back to the NBA if he's going to keep getting hurt. Um so I like them. I like Sabonis a lot, but if they can't stay healthy, uh, they might drop out of this class, but I like what they have anyways. Um, I like the Hornets a lot. I think they have a great base. Uh, they have the same base they had from last year. They add Mason Plumley and they add Kelly Oubre. I know Kelly Oubre had a real what the heck year last year, um, but I think he's, I think he'll be good. I think the Hornets might be one of my more fun teams to watch. But in like true X's and O's fashion, they are going to be not so good. Yeah, I, I think the Hornets are going to be the most fun league pass team this year. Had that down um, as a definition of a league pass team on my oh. notes. It's just, and it's a Bill Simmons quote. Um, I understand that, but we're taking it for the time being. And we're just going to say, honestly, this will be our first year having actual league pass. And I will be tuning in to the Hornets games whenever, I, whenever I'm not watching Boston Celtics. Me too. I think it'll be interesting with LiAngelo to see how good he actually is LaMelo. versus LaMelo. No, no. Didn't they also sign Leangelo? Oh, they did sign Leangelo. You're right. Brother. You're right. I apologize. Yeah. I, I mean, apologize. we, we know how good LaMelo is. Right. I mean, he's, he's very good. I mean, he, I, I think he makes the whole offense tick um, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, obviously scary Terry's a great scorer. They lost Devonte Graham, uh, but they're bringing in James Booknight, um, mm-hmm. who I think is going to have some good upside. They just have lots of guards. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the bigs. Miles Bridges is good. Um, and then uh, I forget their four, PJ, PJ Washington. Washington. Yes. PJ Washington's a good shooter. Um, but in terms of an actual center, they lost Zeller. I don't know who they replaced him with, but Mason I, Plumley. Mason, uh, I mean, I, I know he had Mason a good Pistons here. He had a good Pistons here. I know Mason Plumley very well uh, <laughs> back in my Nuggets days. And he, he's a good lob threat, which is actually a great fit with Lamella Ball. Right. But he tries to do way too much way too much 
And he just is all of a sudden <laughs> trying to cross up a point guard and bring the ball up the floor and do a one-handed pass 50, 50 feet down the court. And it's just so annoying. Um, so if he's their starting center, I have some worries there. But I think they should be fun, should go into a play-in team, and they have a lot of upside. I'd say out of the teams we just mentioned, they have the highest ceiling. I think they also have the lowest floor, except for the Pacers, unless they get completely riddled with injuries. Right. So I definitely agree. The other thing is, so they drafted a guy named Kai Jones out of University of Texas, which it's not just because I'm a Texas Horns fan too. Kai Jones is also just an electric like player, kind of like Mason Plumlee, but he also just makes stupid mistakes every five seconds. So if he's not dunking a ball or blocking a shot, it's just like, hey, don't pass it to my brick hands and let's just not worry about it right now. Um, but it's just, an, he's the he's their backup center. And so I think... It's it's it will literally just be a comedy of errors or it's just gonna be a beautiful piece of artwork, uh, depending on what they're doing. So the only other team I had on this list is the Washington Wizards, which I think I'm way too wildly high on this team. And by high, I mean like their their ceiling, their ceiling is a six seed and their yeah. floor is floor is out of the playoffs. Right. Um I really like the trade they did with the Lakers. I think they won that trade with the Lakers. Wow. I think Russell Westbrook is a great player in this NBA. I just don't think, and I don't think he was perfect fit at all for the Wizards. I think what they got in return is good. Saying good. They have <laughs> the only player above it. Their only player, Bradley Beal is the only player above a B plus on this team. And most of their players are above a, a C minus. Most of their key players, like Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyle and Rui Hachimura, I like a lot. Daniel Gafford showed, like at the end of the year, I'm a good defender. I can make an impact on offense. I like Thomas Bryant. He just was hurt after game five last year. And I'm going to say that Kyle Kuzma actually makes a step uh, back to what he used to be his rookie year. I think he has the opportunity now that he's not in LeBron James' team to like actually do something. And I think him, Danny, I'm going to screw this last name up. Advia, I think is what it is. Uh, I, I think you're right. I'm going to be the Bill Simmons right now and not know how to pronounce <laughs> these things. Um, I like that. I also can't for the life of me remember who their point guard, their backup point guard is. And that's just going to be the only I, issue. I think they've, they had Ish Smith last year. I don't know if they still have Ish Smith. But I also like the idea of Contavious Caldwell Pope. I mean, I like KCP being their guy off the bench. Yep. Um, uh, he definitely isn't a starter in today's NBA right now, and he got lucky with having LeBron James being a teammate. Aaron Holiday, that's who it is. Aaron Holiday is a solid point backup point guard for them, and I liked him when he was on the Pacers. I was sad to see him go, but I understand why, because they, they, they have Brogdon and McConnell. But I like Aaron Holiday a lot. Oh, they also got Corey Kispert as their their other wing. That that I am I am I'm going to stop you there. I am okay, so sorry. down on Corey Kispert, and <laughs> I do sorry. not want to hear any positive thoughts on him. I thought I thought he was such a reach in the mid first oh. round. I don't I don't know why he was a consensus mid round pick when he was he just completely disappeared in the NCAA tournament. I mean, he was getting toasted on both ends of the floor. He couldn't hit anything. Um, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get on this team. They are much deeper than last year. I agree with you. Um, I think this trade was good just because they have so much depth. Mm -hmm. um, there was a little bit of um, duplication between what Westbrook and Beal provided right. outside of the passing. Um, one name you didn't mention is Montrez Harrell. 
Oh, right. I think I think he's going to be a very, very big piece of this team this year. Mm-hmm. I thought it was horrendous how Frank Vogel used him last year or not used him. I was going to say, what, how much did he use him I in mean, that playoffs? I simply – I must have been something internal because – I did not understand why Marcus Hall was getting minutes and he was not getting minutes. It was just completely mind boggling because every time he came in, he scored six or eight points in right. two minutes. And yes, he kind of falls asleep on the defensive end of the floor, but at a certain point, the Lakers were just rock fighting the entire time. with their <laughs> And they were already playing good defense as a unit. So put in Harold, you know, score some points. And I think with the wizards, they have some issues on the defensive side of the ball, at least from last year. So Maybe he doesn't help them in that aspect, but he gives them a reliable score and depth at the big man position, especially if Thomas Bryant continues to be hurt. You know, I like Gafford, but it was just half a season. Montrez Harrell is experienced. He knows how to score in the NBA. He should be averaging 15 a game, in my opinion, this year, 25 minutes. I think he's going to be really good for this team. And I think it's going to be all about chemistry. Um, I think they're just a lot of weird pieces and we're going to figure out how they fit together. You are so I, right. <laughs> I, I think they could finish 13th in the East. I think they could be the sixth seed, like you said. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do. I I think that's a great, def- I think that was a great point. I think it'd be a 13 seed or a six seed. They literally remind me of like that starter pack you get with like your, my team on 2K. I mean, yes. this, the pieces they have, it's just like, this is all you, Hey, run with it. Go. fly my birds (laughs) go Uh, but i i think that's a that's a great way to put it because you know bradley they of course they go as far as bradley beal takes them but it also is man is spencer dinwiddie gonna be like how he was when before kd and Kyrie both showed up in brooklyn can he be back to like that major scoring threat um which i think is important to this team but uh aaron Sorry, and also, also the big question with them, just to jump in, is how how good of a facilitator is he going to be? Yeah, because I mean Westbrook, for as much as you can argue he's stat hunting, you know, for triple doubles, all of this other stuff, you know, friend of the show and brother of the show, Evan Sell, you know, close your ears at this point. <laughs> but um, you know, Russell Westbrook is one of the best passers in the NBA. I don't, I don't care if he's stat hunting. You know, he's he gets the numbers some way, one way or another. Um, and they're going to miss that this year. Bradley Beal is not going to do that. Bradley Beal is going to get 35 a game. So can Spencer Dinwiddie do that? We know he can score, at least when he's healthy. Um, so that's a big question. I need him to average five to seven assists this year because I don't know who else is. I agree. Yeah. And because Bradley Beal is not a facilitator. He, he is the guy who's like, hey, give me the ball with six seconds left on the shot clock and I will, I'll make this bucket. Um, but I agree because it's not like they have – anyone else that they're going to say, Hey, be the playmaker between those. I mean, if those two are on the floor, it's going to, the ball is going to run through those two guys' hands and it's going to be whoever makes the plays after that. Well said. Any final thoughts on the McGrady class before we move on to the dumpsters? I want to say one last thing about Tracy McGrady. I feel like uh, he got uh, crapped on with the fact that his best player, whenever he was on the magic got hurt every time because Grant Hill screwed him over way too many times and uh the other guy being Yao Ming being a seven six massive human being and the fact that he never made it past the first round is because one of them was hurt every time they made the playoffs so I I understand the stat of never making it past the first round it's kind of got the massive asterisk next to it because it's because of injuries to every team he was on also the fact that he's playing with his cousin and Vince Carter just that, that just never worked out between the two of them that's that's fair um you know that's a fair point I think it just comes with the territory you know, I, I, 
I think that's what Houston, they, they knew the situation they were getting into with Yao Ming at the, at the very least, you know, he had an all-star with him. Um, so, you know, it, whether or not they're healthy, you had the chance you were there. You were one of the best scorers in the league. You got the job done once and yeah. <laughs> you really didn't even get the job done once. You were not so. a part of the job. You were, you, you were that person on the group project that said, Hey, everyone do your thing. I'm just going to sit over here and uh, diddle down over here. <laughs> right. Which is, which is not Mitchell's all for clarification. <laughs> Mitchell's always taking the, the lead on group projects. <laughs> I'm not taking the lead in any sort of thing. I'm just here to, I'm, how I describe myself in a group setting is this. I'm your utility man. I will be your Tommy Edmond of your team. And I will fill in at third base if you need me to. That's I will play. Mitch. Right. This, this is a basketball podcast. Shoot, you're right. I will be your I will be your seventh man. I will take the charge if you want me to. I will I will stand down low and trip the guy if you want me to and start a fight with someone. <laughs> Basically he's saying he's your Marcus Smart. Um with without without most of the problems, I would say. So um, a, a good, I'm, I'm still the Marcus Smart or the Grayson Allen, whichever one you want to go with. <laughs> there we go. A good man to have on your team, nonetheless. Um, so that wraps the McGrady class. Now, onto the final class here. These are going to be teams that have some young talent. They're going to show some promise this year, potentially, but they're never really going to even think about making it to the playoffs. Um, the teams in this class are basically can be defined by the classic money ball adage. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. <laughs> um, you know, there are some players in this class that may just be hoping for a productive career after basketball as well. Um, they may just be, you know, mailing it in at this point. And that is why they are named the Kellogg class after oh. Kellogg, the, wow. the uh, famous CBS basketball announcer. You'll see him in March and April every year. Now, no disrespect to Clark, but... Clark never made the playoffs. Clark was a highly touted uh, NBA draft pick. He was the eighth overall draft pick in 1982. He actually made rookie of the year with the Pacers, but he only played for five years. Now he experienced a, a litany of injuries, mm -hmm. but he played for five years, didn't make the playoffs, um, you know, but has had a really good successful career. Now what we're saying about the teams and players in this league, just because you're not a good player or not a good team right now doesn't mean you, we don't like you or that you can't have success after basketball go be Clark Kellogg and you fall within this class so Mitch these teams aren't going to make it to the playoffs we respect them but they're not going to make it this year what teams are they in the Eastern Conference so there's four teams I mean if you do the math there's only the last four teams that we haven't said uh First team is the Toronto Raptors the other three are the Detroit Pistons the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Orlando Magic um word would have if it if you right re recognize these teams these are all also teams that have the top five picks every year in the stupid nba draft oh i had it last year the top <laughs> the top five picks in the nba draft um so do your deduction there they're gonna be back there um i you know i feel really disrespectful saying this about the raptors but boy do they suck this year i mean i have no faith in this team uh, Drogic is 500 years old. I, we talked about it earlier. Kyle Lowry's old, but Drogic is old as well. He's like 36 actually, but he is really old. Um, they also have no center outside of Kem Birch. If that's your starting center, holy crap, what are we doing out here? Uh, Chris Boucher should be your starting center, and he's not, and that's just hurtful to everyone involved. Um, also, their guards are all below the average height of 6'2", and it's just really sucky. I mean, Fred Van Vliet 
God bless your soul. I know Ben Clan is listening to it. It's the uh, the Rockford man himself, but boy, is he just six two and can't play defense. Um, the one upside about this team, I like their wings. I like Scotty Barnes. I know he wasn't really like loved by everyone. He, I, I know he wasn't like loved as a top five pick, but I like him. I like OG Ananobi, J- Jeff City uh, represent right there. Um, I like Gary Trent. He's much better than his dad, which is also crazy that LeBron James has now gone up against his, his dad and him now, and it's just owned them both. Um, they just are just not – I think Kyle Lowry just played such a huge factor into this team, and as much as we like to talk about how old he is, man, the heart and soul of this team just left. Also, Pascal Siakam has one move still, and it's the spin to the basket. It doesn't work. When semi ogele is stopping your butt, it doesn't work out. Yeah, I think this is maybe one of the more shocking um, placements of, of these teams in these classes. Now, yeah. I, I, I put them here as well, but I okay, think cool. the, the fact that we put them here it says a lot about where they are as an organization, considering they arguably have the best coach in the NBA. Uh, they were won an NBA championship like two or three years ago, three right. years ago. Three years ago. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty shocking on the face of it. And Pascal Siakam was thought to be, you know, this up-and-coming player. He's completely plateaued until we see otherwise. They traded away their heart and souls, souls being DeMar DeRozan and right. Kyle Lowry. Right. Why experiment failed. Serge Ibaka went with Kawhi for some reason. They're friends. Um, so it's it's just a mess. And, I, you know, I feel really bad for the Raptors because I like their culture. It sucks because we're – you know, disparaging an entire country here. You know, Canada gets one team, right? And they just suck. Um, <laughs> so that's just terrible. And I mean, honestly, they should have been in the McGrady class just for the fact that they're Tracy McGrady, right? Um, but I mean, they're yeah. I I would be shocked if they got more than thirty five wins this year. That that might be pushing it even. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's going to be dang near five hundred. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. What about I, these other teams, Mitch, before we move any, any, any other thoughts on the Raptors here before we move on? Uh, you know, I, there's not a lot to say greatness, uh, great things about the Raptors. Uh, I've, I've gone on my own little spiel about them, but I mean, if pre- the only way this team makes it to that McGrady class is if Pascal Siakam makes this jump that everyone's been really hoping for. I mean, the man has made jumps and leaps already into his career. I think, I think we've already hit on it though. I feel like he's hit that like, man, here's my peak. I hit it young, but I made my jumps early and man, if he can get a consistent shot or at least just come up with a different move. I mean, I know everyone talks about it on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and Tumblr and everything. It's just like, man, stop spinning. Everyone on YouTube already knows it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an easy read Dr. Seuss right there. So um, I, Quick question, Mitch. I mean, it's since since there's not much to talk about with these teams in terms of actual potential um, this year, I'll be interested to hear on what the potential is for these top draftees. Now, you mentioned these teams were top in the draft this past year. So the Detroit Pistons, number one overall pick with Cam Cunningham, Cade Cunningham, um, obviously Evan Mobley in Cleveland. You had Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner in Orlando, and then Scotty Barnes in Toronto. Out of these four teams, which player that was drafted high has the best rookie year in your opinion. So I think it's Kate Cunningham. Uh, but I also think, and this is another team. I know it's going to be, I think this is not as bold, but I think it's a semi bold. I think the Pistons, if Kate Cunningham is just like such an impact player, I think they make it to that McGrady class. I like their team. Their whole starting lineup is under the age of 27. 
I mean, it's crazy. I, I mean, you got Killian Hayes. He was hurt all last year, guys. And I know there's a lot of like maybe ish, maybe uh, things about him. Like he could be good. He could be just awful. Uh, but I like him. I I'm very high on Sadiq Bay. I like his potential. He really proved himself last year. Isaiah Stewart is just a dog at rebounding and it hurt and hurting people's souls in the paint. Um, and Jeremy Grant, I mean, Aaron, you're a big Nuggets guy and you loved him when he was on the Nuggets. And I, I've liked Jeremy Grant since he's been in the NBA. I, I think he made a great leap last year, but I understand. He also understands his actual role in the NBA. He understands he's not the number one guy. He understands he's like, Hey, Cade, you be your dude. You be you, man. But let me have my time as like your second or third as your second or third option. And let me do my thing. And I think, Man, Kate understands that. I think Killian understands that. I like this Pistons team more than just about any of these bottom four bottom feeders down here. Um, and I think Kate kind of like pushes them over to that McGrady class, if anything. I agree. And don't forget the star of this team, Luca Garza, um, Iowa Hawkeye legend, uh, was the college player of the year last year. Thank you for this. Um, I mean, I, you. You knew this was coming, Mitch. I mean, this, I did. You're this right. is exactly why I asked this question. Just like <laughs> talking about Luka Garza. Um, I mean, the disrespect that this man got in the draft still boggles my mind. Now, I get the physical part, but this man worked his ass off and lost weight, is still a great shooter, has huge, uh, great basketball IQ. I think he's going to play a role off the bench for this team. Mm. It, even in summer league, and obviously we don't want to give too give too much into summer league here, but I think they had great team chemistry throughout the entire process, and yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. It'll be interesting to see when the more veteran guys like Jeremy Grant come back into this team, and now it becomes you know a mix of the new and the old because Jeremy Grant did go there to be the number one guy, yeah. and it was a such a mess last year with Blake Griffin at the beginning and Mason Plumley and all of these other guys. Um, but you know J- Jeremy Grant's a great player; um, he he can put up twenty a night. But it'll be interesting to see how Cade Cunningham develops. He should be the best player out of this class. Um, and I agree, they could be sniffing the McGrady class coming into the year. I also, I, I wrote this down. I don't think their bench is ugly. I think it's okay. I don't think it's ugly. Like, I don't mind Corey Joseph. I, I former Celtic Kelly Olenek, I love. Um, but I also understand he has his limitations. Um, and Dialu is just there. He's an athletic guy off the bench. I mean, former dunk champion, slam dunk champion, Hamadou Dialu. And Josh Jackson is just a solid guy to have. I mean, he's, he's a very C overall player. And that's, and I, I just think that they're, I think their bench is not as ugly as it could be. Yeah. And I mean, Josh Jackson still is upside. And this is something we're going to get to in other teams and throughout the year is, you know, looking through these teams and just trying to preview on where each team's going to fall. I saw so many guys who were drafted like three, four, five years ago as a top pick. And now they're on a new team. And it's just going to be, you know, who is this guy? Is this guy really a bust or does this person have actual potential? Like, are they Mm going to find a new role and flourish? We've seen that with people in the past. So it's going to be really interesting to watch Josh Jackson and so many other guys that are in that situation. Yeah. Um, But if we want to talk about other like uh, rookies, I mean, Evan Mobley has a chance to like show off what he's talented at in the Cavs. Um, Their only issue is that their only good position is their big men. They have like six centers. They, they, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're, they're four, but well, I mean, I don't even want to say Lori Markin is one of their best players, but I mean, they just have so many guys that just, they've overloaded that spot. I mean, I, 
Sexland, Sexland for the the Cavs, you know, Garland and Sexton. I mean, they're just there. And I, I think, I honestly think one of them is going to be traded by the end of the year. I think they're just going to trade them for draft picks at this point. Um, but I, I did hear that Darius Garland has been working out with one of the best players in the NBA. I'm totally blanking on the name now. I think it was Donovan Mitchell. Um, oh but, yeah. But, but I'm totally going to have to do some research. So do not, do not uh, hold me to that. But I, I think, you know, it sounds like from some of the reports and the whispers and within the locker room and outside of the locker room and other teams, it seems like Darius Garland has thought of very highly. So I think I'd agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how those two fit together. Um, it seemed like this didn't really click last year. Mm-hmm. And I would say Colin Sexton is a bit more of a guy that's just like, I'm going to get mine. And that may not, you know, hold up uh, when it comes to trying to build up Evan Mobley and right. Darius Garland. So, well, I, I, I mean, there was also the reports during the summer that the Heat were going after Colin Sexton. I mean, so it's – and it's the bulldog mentality that the Heat have. I feel like that would have been perfect for Colin Sexton if they would have gotten him, but they didn't. Um, so I feel like that's just another thing to just look out for. I feel like they're, they've been rebuilding ever since LeBron left, and even when LeBron left the first time, they were rebuilding again. So I feel like here we are back to step two of everything. You get the draft picks that you're going to trade away. Um, so if, if they can just trade one of those guys, get good draft picks, because the other thing is they haven't had great draft luck outside Kyrie and LeBron. And it's just like, here we are. So I, I like Evan Mobley. I want him to be very successful. I want him to be successful in the NBA, but he also is backing up Jarrett Allen, who also has a lot of good, who I am very, I'm very high on. So it's just, it's a tough situation, man. Yeah, it is. It'll be interesting to see again. This is the Kellogg class. Any final thoughts on the Eastern Conference match um, before we move to our last segment? You know, the only thing I have to say is, like, there, there's the one big tra- trade piece that everyone talked about this entire offseason, and it's Bradley Beal. And if Bradley Beal gets moved this summer, whether it's to an Eastern Conference team, whether it's to a Western Conference team, um, and, it, and if it's, like, the Celtics and, like, they trade Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart for uh, – for Bradley Beal and like some draft picks, I feel like that's what moves the Celtics up uh, even a little bit, even to that, um, that Bill Russell class. Uh, but that's like the only thing, I mean, that's the, that's the other place I thought of Ben Simmons maybe going was the wizards. Um, and that way they can Bradley Beal can move into uh, Philly and help them out a little bit too. Uh, but it's just, it's just such a tough, tough environment to move into and i just i think it's just it's just so tough to predict uh, what bradley beal goes and whether or not he just stays for the rest of the year um depending on how they're doing but i think that's the one that's the one that and the ben simmons trade are the two things that are truly up in the air about this eastern conference and i feel like based on how that goes it will be the the true teller well said that's the eastern conference those were the bill russell classes the tracy mcgrady class as well as the clark kellogg class um if any of those people somehow are listening to this um all due respect to you all um obviously no malice meant on any of this um we're gonna take a quick break and be back with our last segment welcome back to the first episode of the hooper's almanac again my name is aaron carter alongside mitchell sell we're going to be moving into our last segment here in what we like to call cereal and brews now you might be wondering why the hell 
do we have cereal and beer in Mud. the same segment sentence? Well, um, back in the day when we were college roommates, Mitch and I frequently had a bowl of cereal at the end of the evening. You know, we were coming back from playing hoops or studying or doing something else. And, and we would just have a bowl of cereal and catch up on the week just because we were so busy and didn't have time to do it during the day. So this is sort of an opportunity for us to either have a bowl of cereal, have a beer. I think we're both having beers right now. Yep. Um, and so this is just a chance for us to catch up, tell you a little bit about ourselves, um, just sort of be light, not talk about basketball necessarily, you know, this will be pretty short, but that's the segment, Cyril and Bruce. So Mitch, how you doing? I'm doing good. And I also just want to add on a little bit. I mean, what we kind of discussed about this podcast is about like 90% of it, it's going to be about the NBA. The other 10% is just going to be about us. I mean, this is just a way for me and Aaron to kind of like catch up. I mean, I see Aaron about two or three times a year now because he lives in Chicago and I live in St. Louis. Um, and now I'm probably gonna see him a little bit less now, uh, because, uh, this past week I accepted a full-time job. Uh, this is just like kind of the big news of my life right now. I've been working, uh, part-time at the great container store, uh, out in Brentwood. Uh, and I've been loving it. It's been great. Uh, it's kind of been, you know, that like moment whenever you're like, you're like graduating from high school and everything starts to get like a little sad. Um, it's like that, like, and like, or like when you're about to break up with your girl, your girlfriend and just like, you know, you start to remember the good things about it. That's kind of like where I'm at right now. Like I have my last two shifts with the container store and like, I'm remembering all the good things, not even thinking about anything that bad that happened by any means, but like, it's been wild. Um, but I'm starting my new job, uh, October 18th. Uh, it's a company called abstract marketing. It's a marketing agency here in St. Louis, um, and I'm excited. Uh, I know a few people that work there and they've only talked it up so well. Uh, been a wild ride for the past year, uh, whether it's been uh, unemployed or partly employed or um, working my butt off at a uh, summer internship for the second time and taking photos of uh, Little League baseball players. And we promise that's not creepy. He God, Nick Hannick, if you hear this, I'm, <laughs> if, if I get a text from you, Nick, I will throw something to Chicago. It will happen. I'm God. No, it's not creepy. It's I don't know how to make it not creepy by saying anything more, but it's just <laughs> anyways. Yeah. I mean, all, all things considered, congrats, man. I know we've talked about this off air, right. um, but if you're listening to this and you know, Mitch, shoot him a congrats. It's a big deal. Um, we're happy for him. Glad he doesn't have to creepily take pictures of little boys God. anymore at baseball games Thank um you so for adding on to that appreciate that <laughs> god <laughs> uh yeah that's great man um so you're you're still living with your parents that's 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 also a thing that, that is a thing Aaron thank you for that <laughs> hey it saves me money damn it <laughs> I know respect respect and this economy is insane so I, I don't blame you I also son of a god I also was paying for my place still in Colombia until July so I was I was literally throwing rent money out the door still because I couldn't afford to live in Colombia but I I was it's uh my lord anyways yes I'm still living with my parents I have my own like studio apartment in their basement so it's perfect um if you're watching the video of it you get to see my basement right now. I mean my room right now you get to see the bed and my makeshift closet so it's just great and yeah Mitch is St. Louis's most eligible bachelor. So if you are listening to this and you are a friendly female of, I don't want to put an age on it, Mitch, because age is just a number. So I'm just going to leave it out there. But it, Mitch is, you know, has his own studio apartment. Not going to say what floor or where or any relation to the other tenants in the building. But, you know, he's available. Just putting it out there. I hate you. I hope you understand. <laughs> 
Aaron, get the attention off me. Dang it. What's, what's going on in your life? Yeah. Well, um, I suppose this is the first time most people are, are meeting me or meeting my voice. So um, I'm living currently in Chicago, full-time job. I'm actually living with my girlfriend. So that was a big step um, in this past, uh, I suppose it was July. So I am not Chicago's most eligible bachelor. Um, sorry, no. everyone. But although um, is, is it Rob, you think? Is it Rob? <laughs> I, I honestly I think it is. Um shout out to Rob Volk. He's certainly a friend of the show and, and will be a guest of the show coming up here pretty shortly. So mm-hmm. get to know his name um on Snapchat or, or whatnot. But um yeah, so living in Chicago, Wrigleyville, uh as a Cardinals fan. So I'm with Mitch spiritually as a Cardinals fan there and cheering them onto the playoffs. I know that's not the NBA, but it is what it is. Um, and yeah, we, we actually just lost to the Cubs. Um, so unfortunately, tough. unfortunately, tough, that was but, the case, but um, you know, we're in the playoffs. So that's all yeah. that matters. Um, but yeah, things are going well. I actually on the topic of basketball um, joined a new recreational basketball league here in Chicago. Um, so I've, I've been meaning to do this for a year. The pandemic has just been such a mess, but um, we're actually playing in this, uh, like this, the attic of a church. It's weird. They have like this, this, great basketball court just like on the top floor of this church building and it's wonderful our team is called off in church um and uh yeah no we we got a win in our first game by six or so um low scoring you know still working out the kinks i probably hadn't played in months actually last time i played was with mitch in the pouring rain in st louis oh my gosh (laughs) but uh yeah so i i i scored eight points um played pretty well but Definitely my body is not used to playing uh, 20 minute halves and basically no stoppages. So Aaron, how's your ass? My, yeah, honestly had a more serious case than I am. I'm just a wimp, but it is 100% affecting my basketball play. Um, It doesn't help that the games are like 10 at night. So my body clock is just all out of whack and my, my butt and other parts of my body are just ready to be sleeping and I'm clearly not sleeping. So it's, yeah, it's, um, we'll see how it goes. I think there are like 10 games. So we'll see if I make it like four. I was going to say, are we going to, are we going to have to do some, uh, what is it? Uh, oh my gosh. What is it? Minute management. Like are we going to have to uh, hold it, put a hold on your minutes man per game. Yeah. I, I, I might, I might need some, some, uh, minute management there. Um, I, I was actually starting, it's, it was sort of weird. Like the first time in a recreational basketball league, when you don't really know anybody except for one player that you're just like, Hey, do you want to join? Sure. Um, and I was like, nobody was really stepping forward besides a couple guys. So I was like, sure, I'll, I'll step forward. I'll be a starter. So who knows if I'll be a starter going forward, but that's put me at least at 25 minutes a game. So I I was going to say, (laughs) well, okay. So I will say this church basketball leagues, they're wild. They, they know what they're doing. So I, I give a hand to you for playing it, especially in an attic of a church, which if they have a nice basketball court, all props to them, man. I mean, I, I know my church back here has a nice basketball court uh, and I've been, but they are just ridiculous. Like the players, I mean, there's former like D three guys just out here hoping on, on us, although it's literally St. Charles, Missouri. So it can't be any really great talent. Um, but man, that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy, especially since the last time you actually played organized basketball, it got cut short due to COVID. Um, you know, we were having, you know, a, a Los Angeles Lakers type season with the mighty Buffaloes at three and one. So, yeah, people, people do forget that, that <laughs> it, it was a great season. Um, too bad the pandemic got in the way, but, um, it, you know, hopefully we get a resurgence this year. I'm excited. You know, it's, it's, it's cool being in a new city and sort of trying to build 
a sense of community and like knowing where you are and, mm-hmm. you know, branching out of your friend, friend group and all that sort of stuff. So the guy I know there is a high school friend, but the rest of the guys in the team all went to college with him mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. So it's like, I'm meeting a whole new world of people. Right. Um, so, so it's cool so far and enjoying getting the hoops back on the, on the schedule. Well, yeah. And just don't forget about your Mizzou friends while you're out there making friends from Wisconsin, like you have your entire time in Chicago. Um, so uh, I only hope for the best for you, man. I mean, I, I mean, I know where your talent is. I mean, what did we, we had like a player comparison for you back in college that I'm totally blanking on now, but like, uh, like, you know, you're a solid three and D guy and whenever you're ready and whenever you're hot, I mean, you're more doing, you're doing like your back cuts and it's just no tomorrow or you're beating the guy off the dribble. So, I mean, you're a well versatile player and what's the team name again? Often church, often church sponsor, sponsor of this podcast unofficially. Okay. Often church is, um, you know, is going to, is really lucky to have you. Uh, it's going to miss my Grayson Allen type antics, uh, but you go. know, uh, it, it's i'm happy for you i'm glad you finally get to play the sport uh, that we both love uh and get to play it uh consistently is every game going to be at 10 30 next uh next week is going to be at like nine or okay, something so, so i mean it's 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 anywhere between seven and ten mm-hmm. it's it's sort of late but i understand why like everybody's got work and mm. all of that i'm actually going to miss the game in two weeks from now but We'll be there next week. I think the team we play actually hasn't played yet. They had a bye week one, which is just awful. I would hate to have a bye week one. Wow. Um, so hopefully they're a little rusty. We'll see. Hopefully we go to two and zero. We were scouting some of the teams in the league. <laughs> seems like seems like we're going to be up there. So um, you know we'll 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 keep you updated on this segment, uh, cereal and brews. But looking forward to breaking some ankles. Hey, I, and I'm, and like we said, this is just a way for me and Aaron to kind of catch up and also just to kind of give you guys a little peek into what our lives are really like. Um, clearly we've learned that um, I live in a basement and that's just where we're at right now. And it's just great. Love that for me. I'm just going to love that for a hot minute there. Definitely won't be the only time that's mentioned, Mitch. Don't worry. Great. I'll, I'll do respect uh, to the cell family. The One of the greatest, uh, most kindest families I've ever met. Um, honestly feel like I'm an extended member, whether I, I say I am and, and, and they, they, they don't see me as that. That's fine, but they um, are, they do. I mean, Kurt loves you like a son. (laughs) There we go. That's all I needed. Um, but again, this has been Serial and Brews. This has been the Hooper's Almanac, the first episode. Thank you for joining on us on this journey. Um, and we hope you tune in next episode. We're going to be breaking down the Western conference. Um, we're going to talk about the same classes we just discussed so you'll get to miss all that uh that uh babbling nonsense of describing all the different classes um but we'll be breaking down the western conference next and thank you for joining us this has been the hooper's almanac